Welcome to another special episode of the Impact Nations podcast. My name is Tim and I'm your host. Today, I wanted to share with you a conversation I had with my friend Richard Musigye. Richard is our longtime partner from rural Uganda. Together, we have watched God completely transform the village of Kalonga. As we talked today, I quickly reviewed our history in Kalonga and then began to focus on our sustainability efforts and the recent COVID feeding programs that Richard has orchestrated. There were two things about our talk today that especially encouraged me. It is clear that the mindset in Kalonga has changed as a result of the business training we've been focused on in the last year and a half. People are thinking long-term and a creative entrepreneurial spirit is at work. Secondly, the gospel is going forth in the midst of this pandemic. Although they face great hardship and despair, people are placing their hope in God because they see him as their provider. As Richard put it, when they see food, they see God. has been visiting Kalonga and, and the Mubende district, the, the area surrounding your village, for how many years now? How, how long have we been going there? Since 20... Uh, okay. I, I normally count since 2013, but actually it's even before 2013. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I think it's way back from 2010. Wow. Around 2010 there. Amazing. Yeah, so many years. That's incredible. And I'm curious, have you seen, I, I, uh, I wasn't there way back when. I, I joined the team at Impact Nations in 2017. Mm. Uh, mm. So I'm, I'm interested to know, what sort of changes have you seen in Kalonga and in some of the surrounding areas um, in terms of the community, in terms of infrastructure, um, the mm. spirituality, society, all those things. What are things different now than they were 10 years ago? Uh, yeah, things are totally different. Uh, if uh, by, at the time when Impact Nations, uh, uh, okay, around 2010, <laughs> I don't remember actually the year very well, but the place, uh, the town was full of drunkards. Even now they are there, but at least it's less than it was. People were just hopeless. Uh, going in the morning to bars to drink, uh, going back home at night when they are just drunk. Uh, there were poor houses. Uh, as a hopeless community can look like bad water. Actually, we're getting water from ponds. That's where people used to get water. Uh, and uh, there was no good infrastructure. <laughs> yeah. there, all we had is poor houses, uh, bush around us. Yeah. And what was school That's like then? The was. There was no school. There was no school by then. There was no school. Yeah. How did children learn? And, uh, uh, most of the kids uh, were not going to school because uh, the nearby school is around, was around in about five, something like four kilometers or five between there. So uh, some of the children that went to school by then were grown-ups. You find a, a 12-year-old or 13, right now, 13-year-olds can be in primary seven. But by then, you find a 13-year-old in P2, in primary two yeah. or three. So yeah, Is that because they were starting very, very late because it wasn't a high priority? Or is that because they weren't progressing? Uh, 
they were they were studying late because of there, there are no nearby school. There was no nearby school. Yeah. So it wasn't appropriate yeah, so for a young child to be traveling that far to get to school. Uh-huh, so they had to wait yeah. until they were older. That makes sense. They had to wait. Yes. Sorry, I'm having my morning coffee because it's afternoon for you, but I'm still I'm still getting started. Um, yeah. So we are starting. We started to see change when impact nations came. Uh, they first did the medical camp uh, in Kalonga. If you look at that, all the pictures yeah, there was wooden structures of school uh, uh, that we put in 2011. Was it around 2010-2011? Between there. So we started a school under three sheds, and later on we added wooden structures. So now young kids uh, started attending our school. Yeah, but uh, when Impact Nations came in, uh, they found the, the wooden structures uh, there, there was big, it was under a big tree. Some of them remember that big tree, which is no more. Oh, the tree's <laughs> so, gone now? <laughs> uh, when this is gone, it's gone. Uh, it's actually, it was right where the new building is. Hmm. Yeah. So we started seeing development when Impact Nations came because they started that pro- we started that project uh, known as Kalonga Transformation. So that's what turned everything around it's like uh the pace was set for the community to start developing so that happened over many years over uh an, a partnership between impact nations and hope and care ministries which has really flourished in that time and so one of the, one of the things that i want to point out is um impact nations one of our, our greatest uh, desires is to see people reach people and entire communities reach this level of safe uh, self-sustainability where, you know, rather than mm. us just continuing to pour in capital and things, um, mm. the community reaches a point where it, the kingdom has transformed it uh, and people are, are flourishing without uh, ongoing intervention, so to speak. And, so mm-hmm. that's one of the things that you and I have been working on lots in the last three years is, is you know, trying to reach that place where uh, the school is, is much more kind of self-sustained without additional capital being poured in uh, from Impact Nations. Uh, and people mm-hmm. are beginning to become self-sustained themselves, like in their individual families mm-hmm. and, and young adults and things like that. Um, do you mm-hmm. mind just kind of catching people up on that a little bit who maybe haven't heard as much from you and I on that specific uh, effort to, to get people to a, a place of self-sustainability. Yeah, so uh, after working on some other, uh, uh, can I call them immediate needs that Impact Nations found in the community, yeah. uh, uh, when Impact Nations worked on the on the uh, immediate needs. <laughs> now, uh, some kids are... Oh, we have some visitors? Well, let's let's wave hello real quick to the visitors. <laughs> okay. Okay, wave to him and then you... Hi, kids. They can't hear me because he's got his headphones on, but hi, guys. <laughs> if you've been to Kalonga, you know as soon as you arrive, the children begin to gather. They're beautiful. They're full of smiles. Wonderful okay. kids. 
Uh, so after working on those uh, immediate needs, like clean water, uh, helping the school so that it, uh, it gets good uh, structures where kids can learn from, uh, helping people with medic medic medicine uh, and all that, uh, we started on that uh, self-sustainability program. And right now we had gone, we had reached, uh, we had reached a certain, at least we had reached somewhere on the journey, though we have been interrupted Indeed. by the current situation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we have some people running small businesses right now. Uh, they've been uh, starting with the widows. The widows, we, we got with, uh, land for the widows. Uh, they built houses on the land and they so they were relieved from that pressure of rent because they were they didn't have rent uh some were sleeping in church mm. so someone sleeping in church they are just looking for the day-to-day -day food actually they call it hand to mouth so they they live without hope for of becoming something so the cycle just continues like that. Yeah. They are having children, they are getting uh, daily food. Uh, there is no any program that maybe can be left for these kids when they grow up. So they just keep repeating the same cycle. So after getting land for the widows, uh, they, they have uh, houses there. And uh, these kids are interrupting me. That's all right. I, you just stay focused, buddy. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. So, <laughs> so those key, uh, those widows, uh, we, we started training them yeah. to run their own businesses. We started that program of sewing and tailoring. They started making clothes by them, by themselves, and which they can be so, which can be sold, and uh, they earn some income. We have uh, recently had started businesses like uh, saloons. Uh, clothing shops in Kalonga, uh, poultry. Some guy was keeping, even actually around here, we have a certain house for chicken hmm. uh, that one of the guys is running. Yes. Um, one of the things that we brought to Kalonga in just in the last couple of years was the alternative uh, business training, the, the basic business training that we've been doing in Uganda and now India as well. Uh, have you guys found that some of the principles that are taught in that were really helpful in, in kind of propelling individuals, but also hope and care ministries, your, your ministry that you run with, uh, with your dad and several others, did you find that that, that basic business training really helped you take the next step in terms of the way you, uh, organize your thoughts and, and your finances and things like that? Actually, so the business I've been talking about right now started after that training. So that training was really helpful. It was not actually, it is helpful. It started with us. So uh, when you give capital to someone without knowledge of how to run a business, they just fail. Yeah. They fail because they don't know what to do. They don't know how to handle it. They don't know how to invest. They don't know when to invest or how to invest. So... But after training them and they get these basic uh, skills of how to run a business, so I'm seeing people, actually we are in 
these tough times, it's really hard. But because people are trained to how to overcome like obstacles, <laughs> that was one of the things we learned in the business basics, how to overcome obstacles. So they know that when you're running a business, you, have, you will find obstacles, but they know how to press on and overcome or how to navigate and go through the obstacles. So this business training is really very good and it has helped people a lot. That's awesome. Uh, mm. And we're going to have to figure out when when the pandemic is uh, over. I don't know what <laughs> when we'll know that it's over. But you know when the when the president of Uganda says that businesses can operate again and things like that, we'll have to figure out how to take the next steps in that. And all over the world, mm. we're kind of flying blind on that. We'll have to see what the Lord how the Lord directs us. But in the meantime, and you alluded to this a few minutes ago. Uh, Uganda is facing, like many countries, a very serious crisis as a result of the pandemic. Um, mm. And you and I talked about that. Actually, you were our first guest uh, here on on the Impact Nations family page. Uh, mm. Whoa, way back, like I say, about fourteen weeks ago or so, I think, um, because we recognized that. W- there was a pretty big problem as a result of the the pandemic that was not virus related, but instead was an economic problem. Can you kind of catch us up on what's been happening in Uganda uh, in terms of economic shutdown and, uh, you know, food scarcity, things like that? Yeah. So first of all, uh, with some people, let me say that, uh, like the people that have uh, some knowledge about obstacles, how to overcome obstacles, some of them now are, some, not all, but some are focused. They are trying to figure out way through. But the situation is still hard. Yeah. Yeah, because it's confusion. Many people are confused because there is no clarity about uh, whenever... Uh, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So there is no clarity. Whenever, whether we hear from the officials speak or what, there is no clarity. It's just confusion after confusion. So some <laughs> set people, they can figure out a way of how to navigate. Currently, it's like the lockdown, uh, they started lifting the lockdown. But in a way, uh, let me say, some businesses are allowed to open right now. So, like the people that are selling clothes. But the main source of clothes, the main source that supplies maybe, let me say, the entire country, is still shut. The arcades where people have to go and trade is still locked. So, those that are open can sell their old stuff but it's not easy to get new stuff. Yeah, so they're running out of inventory. Uh, yes. Yeah. Motorcycles are not allowed to carry passengers. So people are just there stuck. They are not allowed. Border borders are not working. Yeah. 
And that you were telling me a couple weeks ago, that comes with its own unique challenge for because Boda Bodas, for those who who don't know, a Boda Boda is basically a a motorcycle that you can hop on kind of like a a taxi uh, or an Uber or whatever you hop on and it'll take you across town wherever you need to go and you pay a small amount of money. But those are each of those is an individual business, right? Like a a guy is that's his living is is driving that Boda Boda. Uh, And with with them not being allowed to work that's had a pretty severe effect on on each of those business businesses yeah yes it's very hard because most of them most of the guys that are riding actually those border borders are getting them on loans they're so getting they the motorcycle money on to buy on loans yeah so they are not working so the motorcycle will be taken back some of them have been actually taken back by the bosses or the owners so some some guys uh, have no border borders at all. Yeah. Those that have, they are not allowed to work. They are allowed to work, maybe to carry cargo, but uh, which cargo? Yeah. <laughs> so transportation is still hard. Uh, some taxis, not many, but few are allowed to transport people. Making it, uh, and uh, those that are allowed, they car they carry half. So they used to carry, let's say, fourteen passengers. Mm-hmm. And you can be going a journey, uh, maybe each one paying 10,000 Ugandan shillings. So all together, now they, they carry half yeah. the capacity. And to be clear for our listeners, because a taxi means something different, at least in North America. A taxi in Uganda is a, a, a passenger van that would, uh, like you said, carry up to 14 people. Or so it's usually got three or four rows of seating uh, and they're everywhere. They clog the streets like it. In the, if you picture New York City with the yellow, you know, uh, Crown Victoria's everywhere, uh, it's the same thing in Uganda with these these small vans. Those are the taxis in Uganda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so people uh, they they carry half capacity, doubling the cost of uh, transport transport, and the, uh, it's actually beyond the double. Uh, and people are not uh, they are they can't travel. They in town people have been working, let's say for maybe five thousand shillings per day or maybe 10,000 shillings per day. So the 10,000 shillings covers their transportation to and from work, and maybe to have a lunch meal. Uh, it has been hard to to even save from the 10,000 that you work for a day. Yeah. But now you can spend it actually to maybe to, to go one way. So such people cannot go back to work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because there's they no point. No, they can't, there's no point. Yeah. So that's that's what life has been like that what what that means is that people can't eat because they're not earning means there's no uh there's no food budget. Uh and I'm guessing that the federal government probably doesn't have a large program to help the poor. Perhaps there are some handouts I don't know, but I'm guessing it's not a large organized effort. That one, we actually, uh, we don't know where it even ended. We don't know. Because they started it in town. They did a little bit, a few weeks, and now we don't know what happened. Yeah. Uh, people are not allowed to walk without masks, and they put, they put up uh, a program to dispute masks all over the country. Up to now, I think a month has passed. 
no one has received. So if they, there is people are struggling, if you go, you can't enter a place without a mask. Uh, but so there's no masks. There, chaos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> chaos. Mm. So you guys uh, have been in Kalanga. You you more often than not in past have lived in Kampala, but you're spending more time out in the villages these days. Uh, we were working together to get food to families in Kalonga. We've done that for many, many, many weeks now. Um, but I, I wanted to tell a story. Uh, and I, I think I told you this, Richard, but maybe not. Um, but my job over the last whatever it's been 14 weeks or so during the, during the pandemic, my job has been very different than it has been in the past. Uh, it has been, uh, instead of these programs where we're working long-term, uh, strategy for sustainability for families, for individuals, uh, trying to get education to children so that again, long-term the community will flourish. Families will flourish instead, as you've pointed out, Richard, we have a very, severe crisis right now uh what's happening in uganda is happening in many nations all over the world uh, where impact nations works we have done feeding programs in seven different nations uh in during the pandemic and so as a director of operations at impact nations part of my job has been to uh tell our amazing donors the impact nations family about what is happening in communities such as kalanga and then watch as just the Lord has been so faithful. Our donors have been incredibly generous in pouring out uh, their resources so that I could I get to pass those along to amazing heroes like you who are doing the distribution of this food at very difficult times, by the way. Like that's one of the things that I think we maybe haven't talked about enough. I'm not sure, but the the challenge of logistics at a time when as you've pointed out richard transportation alone has been at times almost completely impossible and so how do you distribute food um in a way that is safe for you guys health-wise uh, in a way that's not going to cause uh, kind of mass uh, pandemonium or hysterics as people are so desperate for food even food scarcity has at times been an issue. So you guys on the front line have been absolute heroes in finding ways to make it work. And God has just continued to pour out his wisdom time and time again, as we've seen amazing strategies all over the place. Uh, and I want to commend you on that. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, you texted me a, a photo of a couple of pastors who had come They'd taken their bikes from a neighboring village, which would have been several kilometers away, I'm sure, because they'd heard that Impact Nations and Hope, Hope and Care Ministries was distributing food in Kalanga, and they were desperate for that food. And so they came to see what they could get for their community. And as they arrived, you told me in that, you sent that photo and said they arrived just as the food ran out and there was nothing left. Is that right? That's very yeah. right. Yeah. So... You know, God's timing is always perfect. Your your message arrived, uh, like that that text message that you sent me arrived uh, just as I was uh, going into a prayer meeting. Uh, we do a, a weekly online prayer meeting uh, for the, just many of the prayer warriors that are lifting up Impact Nations and our partners in prayer. And your message arrived just as I was going into that prayer meeting. And at the same time... Uh, 
I got emails, notifications of two large gifts that had arrived uh, for our feeding program. And Mm. so I immediately texted you back, just honestly, just full of faith as we were kind of just starting this prayer meeting. And I'll confess, I texted during a prayer meeting. I'm sorry. Uh, But uh, I wanted to write you back and say, hey, I think we need to do something for those communities. Mm. Uh, Is it possible? And so one of the questions I have to ask you guys is, logistically, is it even possible to do that? Because as I said, there's some serious constraints right now. And you said, yeah, let me let me talk with the team and we'll figure something out. And you got back to me and said there were, I think you said there were 10 villages that were in desperate situations, yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, Include, in, including those pastors. Including those pastors who had come, yeah. And these were yes. communities that Impact mm-hmm. Nations has worked with in the past during Journeys of Compassion, right? Mm. So we have relationship there. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, so. Mm-hmm. Go, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, fast to finish. <laughs> well, I, ju- I just want to say this. This is mm-hmm. one of those moments where I, I texted you a few days later. You, I, I didn't say anything else. You, you went and you talked to the team to find out if you could come up with a plan for distribution for food because uh, mm-hmm. logistics is just as important and vital as, as the funding itself. And, uh, and you got back to me, actually, just as my wife and I were taking off on a, on a two-day little getaway just to kind of recharge our batteries. And uh, I, my wife had stepped into a store to pick up a gift for somebody. And so I was sitting in the in the parking lot in my car and you texted me and said, yes, we can, uh, we can get food to them. And I wrote back and said, great, we're going to send $5,000. Uh, and you wrote back and said, Hey, that's really great. We can, uh, we can feed, uh, 200 families, uh, with that funding. And as I, as I sent that, I felt very clearly a prompting from the Holy spirit. Uh, and, like just one of those really, really, there was no doubt about it. I heard the Holy Spirit just say to me, you can do better than that. Uh, and I, and then I argued with the Lord, right? As we do, I said, yeah, but Lord, I've, I've already committed another 5,000 to India. Uh, you know, that's what I've got right now. And the Lord just said, whatever, just get, get them the money, send them 10,000. So I, I wrote you back. I don't know if you remember, but I wrote back and I said, I've been praying and I feel like I need I to remember. send $10,000. And, uh, I so, very well. yeah. So, and then you, you wrote back something like, wahoo, now we're talking, we can really do something with that. And so that's why I wanted to check in with you today. Cause really, I wanted to, I wanted to hear about what you guys have been able to do with those funds. Uh, and by the way, the Lord has been so faithful uh, the impact nations family has been so faithful, uh, and the provision has come. Uh, and so as I knew it would, and you know, the Lord certainly knew and he said, come on, you can do better than that. Uh, so I'm interested to know what, what have you guys been up to? What have you encountered as you've gone into those different villages? Uh, how are things going? What's happening? You know, so you have been uh, reminding me a lot. And I have, you know, most of the time uh, I, I keep quiet. Like you talked about the photo I sent you. I actually, I think I uploaded that photo in the folder where I put them uh was it in the first week of May when we did uh, some feeding there? Wow. So the pastors are arrived and uh, there was no food. So if you go to the drive, it was uploaded in the first week of May, somewhere there. Wow. 
So when we were chatting, I just, oh, I said, okay, maybe now this one can make sense if I talk about it. Yeah. And I just pulled it. Yes. So it was really touching because I was seated there. We were seated on the veranda and the pastors were there. And at that moment, I had no solution. I had nothing to do for them. But it was really painful for <laughs> pastors. Uh, if I took a photo of their bicycles, they were very old, very old bicycles. So they are seated there, they are waiting. And they took some time, we are thinking. And uh, even my dad was just sitting like this. Everyone was looking in a certain way. So until they went without anything. Yeah, so right now we are calling it uh, a journal of compassion, actually. Hmm. Yeah, this time we have no medicine, we have no anything else, but we are arriving with the food in those communities. So we are having, maybe we can call, call it a, a scientific journal of compassion. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, so uh, uh, to avoid chaos in, in Kalonga, we've done a lot in Kalonga. Yeah. By this time, Kalonga was not part of the villages but there's still need and whenever people start they just see something is happening and then it becomes chaos yeah <laughs> becomes something else so we got uh if you uh there was one of the villages uh called uh <laughs> easy for villages. you to say went... <laughs> yeah it's easy for me to say uh we got uh a pastor had some rooms there and we stored food all the food we bought we stored it there yeah in that village so we have been going in the morning picking up food and taking to the communities so far we've covered eight villages and tomorrow we'll do two more villages each village we are doing uh uh of course we are going with the pastor and doing 50 families wow. per village. Wow. But the stories from those communities, uh, so I, I'm just thinking, you know, when I'm there, I think a lot because something is, uh, is like went wrong. Something is upside down. Uh, uh, right here where I'm seated, I turned the camera, but if you looked closely, corn, you saw corn, but corn is looking like about something else. It's not corn. There are some peanuts, but they are drying up. Mm. So we went to communities where uh, at least they would have had some food. Maybe not much because they are peasant farmers. They are not uh, farmers that produce in large quantities, but they can have enough for their families. Yep. But even people in those villages, besides, because each village has a center, a town that we go to. So we think most people in the town are mostly affected. But you find out that someone who actually has a small piece of land is in the same crisis because everything dried up. Because there's been no rain. No rain. Because people planted uh, around April. Rain started in April. They planted. And it stopped. Things dried. So they planted the second time. Again, I think in April they planted twice. And then in May. So if you look at things that were planted in May, they are all dry because rain stopped completely. Wow. 
but in some regions it rained and actually caused floods and landslides and all that yeah you were sending me so, videos it, it was yeah. strange because i remember you texting me just a, a couple of weeks ago saying yeah these pastors yeah. and the, their families and everybody is starving because their their crops dried up there's been no rain and then the next text message you sent me a video of severe floods and i said how can both of these things be true but you're saying that some parts of the country are being devastated by rain and some country some parts of the country are being devastated by a lack of rain is that what you're saying Yes. Incredible. Yes. Exactly. So, uh we we've been to several villages like uh I I think I uploaded some photos where we arrived and then you see uh we are targeting those people in the town the border border cyclists that are not having jobs that small businesses that were shut but you see very old people. I think there was a certain picture I uploaded yesterday some of them with very old people. Some they uh they are arrive when we 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 are done and actually we just get them something, but when you look at them, uh, they really they are they are they speak volumes, yeah, in terms of food. Yeah. So, but there has been uh, besides that, people have been encouraged. People have been celebrating. Hmm. They are uh, actually there is a photo of uh, a chicken. I think I uploaded it also. A certain pastor gave Pastor Steve a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yes, after after distributing food to the mem- to the people around, uh, not actually church members. We are doing community members. We are selecting some are church members, some are not. So we are not one-sided. But after giving out food, a certain pastor said let this chicken <laughs> uh if if possible i give it to pastor steve <laughs> because actually he knows he knows steve <laughs> yeah he and i steve. dad's watching so, right now i suspect he left a message a minute ago just it, dad said uh, a second ago he so, said way to go richard we love what you were doing in kalanga so uh that photo is now <laughs> now he knows that there's a chicken coming his way so are you going to send it by fedex or uh um, <laughs> I think it will come spiritually. So maybe eat it and then there you go. Yeah, you'll get the blessings. <laughs> yes, people have been thankful. Besides all what is going on, people have been thankful, and this is the most of the things that I like most. Uh, that people are they have that sense. Uh, they don't expect anyone to help them. So when we we arrive, we've been telling them that you know this time uh, we have no journal of compassion. The people that have been visiting us with medicine, you know, our friends in uh flights, uh, airplanes are not working, so they are not able to come. But they have sent you this gift because of the crisis we are in. They know we are lacking food. We are there's no work. So here is food from Impact Nations. So you see that everybody. Uh, they are touched yeah. because they don't expect anyone to do. There is nothing from the uh, the government this side. Yeah. It's not there. Yeah. Yeah. It's not there. So people get, they get touched and they respect. And you see, uh, they have that sense of uh, budgeting. They actually, we gave someone, uh, it was Tuesday. We arrived on a certain border border guy. 
And after giving him the package, he started shaking. And then he started calculating. He said, I know this one, the bar of soap here, we buy it at 4,000 shillings. And then he started adding up the amount. And he was touched. How, how is this possible? Wow. So adding up the amount, yes. Yeah. So people are really thankful. Yeah. They're thankful. Um, mm. we, uh, we've been trying to calculate, it's a difficult job, but we've been trying to calculate the number of meals distributed in all these different nations. And of course, uh, that's hard because prices are fluctuating as food scarcity becomes an issue and, uh, you know, transportation be- gets more difficult and things like that. Obviously, prices are different mm. in every country. But uh, Isaiah and I have been working hard. We have a big master spreadsheet here that keeps track of the meals. And we believe that uh, conservatively, we're estimating that over 750,000 meals have been distributed during the pandemic uh, in seven different nations. Uh you guys are are providing food packets that are designed to last a little while, right? Like one the, month. One month. Wow. Yes. So and that and then you mentioned that includes soap as well, because I guess you know people have not been able yes. to get that, which we know right now, yes. hand washing and things like that are so mm. very important to reduce the spread of the virus. Um, mm. But so that's going to supply them for a full month for a family. That's amazing. Yes, because we, we give out uh, two bars of soap. Mm-hmm. Maybe to some families, they are not enough for a month, yeah. but it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> it's possible, yeah. And food-wise, you're, you're giving non-perishables, obviously, so uh, things like uh, uh-huh. corn flour. Corn flour, beans, mm-hmm. uh, rice. Uh, we add salt. Uh, actually, definitely salt for a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, to some families we've been giving are uh, those that can make uh, chapatis. We have been giving uh, wheat flour. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. Mm. Um, do you, are there any stories, any encounters that particularly have stuck out to you, whether from the last week in, the, in those eight different villages you've been to so far this week or in Kalonga or what have you, did you want to share any, any individual stories about somebody you've encountered or, or ministered to? Uh, uh, one of the ladies, you know, uh, oh, I'm actually forgetting the name. The lady we supported with the startup capital. Uh, what's the name? Uh, she was doing uh, hairdressing, okay. and when the salons got closed, so she switched because she had uh, she was she was selling groceries. Mm. Yeah, so she was selling groceries. She has been selling groceries uh, out in in on the front door of her house. Wow! So yeah. she she really adapted. Uh, hmm? She adapted to the situation. <laughs> yeah. She adapted to the situation. So uh, that lady got some issues. Uh, I, I know she has gotten uh, food from us twi- uh, twice. Yes, twice. Uh, she gotten some issues. Uh, the husband came. 
she was really flourishing in the period of the pandemic. Hmm. Uh, but the can I call him a, a husband or what? Maybe the father of her children. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Because uh, she had no man. She was staying alone. So the, uh, the guy came back and destroyed uh, everything. Like mm. she, the man took away yeah. everything from the lady. Yeah. So this sounds like a, a sad story. <laughs> Yeah. But uh why I'm saying it is because uh God has been good. Uh there has been a way of helping this lady. So first of all she got food from us and we prayed. So food has not been a problem to her. But we prayed and uh I think about one and a half weeks ago she received a, what I call, I can call, let me call it a, a miracle. Yeah. She got a miracle of uh, just sa, uh, someone from a certain church, uh, long-time friends, uh, was just passing, and they happened to meet. They had no contact. And then after meeting, uh, they had a talk and explained some issues that is, she's facing and uh, so after uh, after that meeting after this uh, the discussion and all that I think is, is uh, yeah like one and a half week ago so the the other person the other lady promised to assist her and uh, right now she got a room uh, where she can stay without paying rent for at least we we know about a period of six months. Wow. We don't know what would happen after six months, but that was just after prayer. Our support was full to this lady because we provided the startup capital. There is a police case going on because the man came and beat the woman severely. Mm. It's not just jokes or what. Yeah. And asked to take the children from her. Uh, it was a really bad story. Yeah. Uh, he had a small solar panel that was helping to run the saloon uh, in terms of light maybe when working at night. Those small ones. And uh, we, we supported her with the capital. So she was really living a bad life before. And our biz she attended the business training. She, uh, the life started. Uh, so her life has been uh, getting transformed. So from nowhere, this guy comes back yeah. and takes her away from the roof of the house and takes away the solar panel Ugh. that he didn't buy, the equipment of the saloon, and sa everything that he found in the house, be it uh, the bed, uh, be it blankets, there is Ugh. nothing. Ugh. All that was taken. But the, as we are figuring out ways, so uh, I know uh, I didn't send you this story because we are still figuring out sure. what to do. But we, we provided the food, uh, the house, she pays rent, but we thank God that prayer worked. Hmm. We prayed, Amen. but prayer worked. So that's a good story on, uh, on my side. Yeah. From that. Oh. Yes. It's a reminder of, mm. uh, 
You know, we have a very real enemy, don't we? You know, the, the Lord has been pouring out his grace. Uh, we have seen the kingdom break in to Kalonga and, and many villages around there time and time again, as, as you've talked about in this hour o- over the last uh, nearly 10 years. We've seen the kingdom come and begin transforming lives, transforming the community. And yet we have a very real enemy who would like to stop that. And, and you know, when we pray, Lord, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, we have a very real enemy who is going to come up against that time and time again. Uh, and so our job is to continue to press forward and shine light into the darkness. And, man, I'm, I'm so thankful for you and your team that just faithfully uh, – continue to pray against the work of the enemy and and do the work required to push the enemy back and continue to take territory for the kingdom of god yes yeah, so uh there are some really good stories that are happening uh but there are a lot of uh, evil things going on yeah that some we keep praying because you don't see uh the solution by looking, you can't find the solution yeah. for such an issue. Yes. Yeah. Because uh, right now we we are waiting to hear what comes from the police, but it's all that many people have been uh, have been having cases going on and they don't get justice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you were able to pray with her and for her. Have you guys been? I, I guess you've been praying for a lot of people all over the place, especially this week, eh? There are many people uh, that have been that have received the prayers, and they have been encouraged, and that's the most important thing. Because uh, today uh, I left a certain village. Uh, I know uh, my dad is still there, and some other people. Me, I just came back uh, earlier than them for the call. Uh, but when when I was leaving. Even people that didn't receive food were thanking. Wow. And actually, it has not happened in that community alone. Even in some other communities that you know, uh, these people have not received the food. But when you are leaving, they are thankful. They thank you wow. for what you've done. Yeah. So, uh, most of the things, are, uh, people have been encouraged spiritually. Yes. Yeah. Above all. And that's a mostly... I know it's a, a powerful tool to transform a community. Yeah. I can tell that from Kalonga because people had that mindset uh, of witchcraft. We know witchcraft happens and all that. Yeah. Uh, someone starts a business, uh, they tell him it will not survive. You find that they put funny things on the doorway and in two weeks, the business is no more. Wow. But by preaching to them, uh, giving them knowledge of business, uh, giving them business knowledge and skilling, someone is able to start a business and they forget about those things like witchcraft. Hmm. Even a non-believer, they find stuff on their doorway and they know this is just an obstacle <laughs> and they are able wow. to navigate through. So uh, I believe in prayers and preaching because they encourage, uh, there's a certain way they they lift up someone's spirit and they change uh, the mentality of people. Yeah. Mm. Praise God. Uh, a couple of comments have come in. Uh, Chigusa, our friend Chigusa from Canada says, hello. Uh, 
She says, thanks for being a frontline worker and uh, for joining us today. She's praying for you and for your whole team. Um, Dad was asking a question about the widows on the widow's land. You you talked about a few minutes ago, uh, a few years back, Impact Nations and Hope and Care Ministries were able to secure some land for these widows uh, so that they were able to build their own house, which means they weren't spending money on rent anymore. Uh, and they got a small plot of land to grow uh, their own crops so that they could, again, be self-sustained. Um, how are they doing? You know, there's, uh, you mentioned the drought. Uh, have, are they, are they making it? Are they okay? Uh, to be honest, uh, they are doing well. Let me say they are doing well because they have food. Yeah, <laughs> that's the number one thing. But uh, since no one uh, can tell the future, what is going to happen tomorrow, yeah. uh, where all this is going to end, somehow uh, there is still is how can I call it? <laughs> yeah, some people are trying to uh, so widows. Uh, there are some they used also to work in in some places and earn some money uh some were trained in the businesses that i talked about uh but they cannot run them now so farming farming is one of the businesses that uh, let me say they were no it was not a, uh, affected much yeah but by the pandemic but now the sunshine the sunshine so uh, the farmers were like oh we were we are okay we are for us we are okay but things are not good for them this side yes because of the weather because of the weather yeah because of the weather because uh so someone mentioned something and uh this was not a part of the widows i know the questions about the widows but i believe it's one of the things that they are also thinking about mm -hmm. uh so you've after being thankful, they are wondering, uh, are you? They, like, they're wondering, are we going to be able to feed them until the time they don't know? Our things are drying up. Maybe we would have been better tomorrow, but this is what is happening. But we, th we thank you for the food. But now they are afraid of what will happen in the future yeah. if things keep going like this. Yeah. That would be, yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Well, uh, we continue to pray and ask the Lord to, to intervene. And in the meantime, uh, we know God will provide, uh, even just through our current programs, right? We know that people have been generous all over the world uh, in, as I say, providing 750,000 meals so far. Uh, and the need continues. I think that... Um, this is something we just need to keep top of mind, especially as things slowly start to not return to normal. I don't think anything will ever be back to normal, but the economy slowly starts to open up here in North America. But, uh, the, you know, things in Uganda, the situation in Uganda in India, uh, continues to be mm. very dire and will be for several months to mm. come. Uh, and so mm. you and I, I'm looking forward to working with you, continuing to figure out strategies for how to, how to meet the needs of, of these folks. And 
you know, I love what you said about adaptability, about they have learned through the, through the training that they've been receiving uh, in recent years, they've learned how to face obstacles and overcome them. Uh, this is perhaps the largest obstacle they've had to face uh, yet. But we know that God's going to give you guys strategies collectively as a team. And I think one of the things that, you know, at Impact Nations, we're, we're already beginning to pray about is, like, okay, Lord, what, what does it look like next? How can we begin to build back uh, that desire for self-sustainability? Uh, and as the Ugandan economy begins to open up, if farming isn't isn't where it's at, then we're going to need to find new strategies for for small business and stuff. So, um, you know, for those listening, continue to pray for us that we find those strategies because our desire very much is not to, you know, be doing handouts of food, which right now we need to do. We know that people are starving, uh, and we recognize that current need, but we also want to make sure that we're looking ahead to find strategies to, uh, to help get people back on their own two feet. So they're not having to rely on handouts because they don't want that either. I'm, I'm guessing, right. They want to get back to being able to provide for themselves. Mm. Yeah. So, and before I forget uh, uh, the widows, uh, they have their own, you know, we are starting those as uh, self help groups after the business training. Yes. So the the widows have their own group. Awesome. Yes. Uh, so they they are trying to figure out what they can do uh, after all of this, though it's uh, it's not moving so well. But they are trying to save. Yeah. What they can earn within this period mm. because they are relieved of food, so they are saving what if they earn something. They are able to save it. Yeah. And the, the guy who guides them is actually the local leader hmm. of Kalonga. He attended our business training and actually is the is a local leader of the village. Wow. <laughs> yes. So uh it's really good. Is the one that uh heads maybe a uh, no, I can't say heads. Mm, here we call it cha- chairing. I don't know how I can so it's the guy who controls, uh, guides, gives guidance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then they have someone uh, who looks into their savings and all that mm-hmm. as widows. But they have that guy uh, who helps them. So they've been really set for something. Yeah. And yeah. that's so encouraging too to hear Richard you know I, it's important that our listeners hear that as well like it's not just you know at the impact nations board level or at our, our intercessors uh, but mm. our partners and even uh, participants in our programs are are already beginning to get together and put their heads together and and you know mm. seek wisdom on how to proceed uh, that they're mm. not satisfied with just the status quo they're not satisfied with just receiving handouts but are uh, trying to find ways to look to the future and plan ahead uh, I, even what you just said in terms of any small meager earnings that they do have right now, they're setting aside as savings. And I bet that wouldn't have happened two or three years ago. Eh? That that would have been a, a different mentality before. No, it has been a different mentality. Actually, this started immediately when this thing uh, started. You remember, so we went, uh, when we gave uh, these uh, the seeds and uh, the farming spray pump, 
So that group, as you saw it in the photo, it was a group and they invited that uh, local leader was there when we were handing over the farming spray pump and all that. And they were planning well how to utilize the things. Yes. So they are really organized hmm. and they know they want, yeah, they, get, they want to reach somewhere. Yeah. It's so encouraging. That's awesome. Well, Richard, believe it or not, we have been talking for almost an hour. Uh, so I better let you get back to your work and to your family. Uh, I mm. am just so thankful for our time together. I, as I've said, I'm so thankful for you and the whole team, your dad, uh, for all of the work that you guys have done uh, to mm. bring hope. As you said, you know, we're bringing food, sure. But more than anything, we were bringing the hope uh, that yes. is within us, yeah. uh, the yeah. hope of glory, Christ within us. You guys carry that with you wherever you go. And even those who don't receive the tangible goods because there's limited resources, even those are responding with thankfulness because they recognize Christ within you. And I just, that blesses me so much. And it is a, a joy and a privilege to partner with you in that. And I, I wish I could be there with you, honestly. Yeah, you needed to be here. If I, I, <laughs> you would have loved it, because it's really interesting when you give someone food and they don't see food. Actually, they see God. Hmm. <laughs> yes, I remember a certain lady said, "I now even if I die, I know God is there. God is there." So the way she was saying these words, it looked as if she was hopeless, hopeless, and she had nothing in the house. So. She had no hope for anything. And when when she got food, when she saw that, really, this is food, you brought for me food? And she was, now I know God is there, even if I die. Wow. Like she was ready to die right there. Oh. Well, I hope that this has been as much an encouragement to you as it was to me. Richard is one of dozens of courageous people who have been distributing food throughout the pandemic. If you'd like to help them get the job done, please consider making a contribution at impactnations.com feeding. We are sending 100% of those funds to our partners on a weekly basis, so your donation will become food for the hungry within days. Thanks so much to all of you who have given. You are truly rescuing lives.